When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Grace to all of you and peace from God our Creator and from our Lord and from our Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. Let us pray. Most holy God, we praise you, especially for our children. Thank you for their innocence. Thank you for their energy. We thank you for their openness to your love and your presence. May we all be children of God, O Lord, ready to receive you as you reach out to us day by day, week by week, today with your word proclaimed, and today in your sacrament administered. In your holy and most gracious name we pray. Amen. It was 2,700 years ago that a man named Micah was alive in the nation of Israel. He was a holy man, he was a prophet, and he was someone the people would go to for advice. 2,700 years ago, they would ask him the question that we heard today in our first lesson from Nathan. What constitutes a religious life? What constitutes a godly life? What does God want me to do with my life? His response in one of the most important and famous verses in the entire Bible, Micah chapter 6, verse 8, what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness or mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? Important values that constitute a godly life. Justice, mercy, humility were not the values of Micah's century. If you were to look at the values of the century in which Micah lived, you'd have values like this. Violence, fear, arrogance, greed, those would be the values that dominated in that world. And so when Micah says to do almost the opposite, it ended up with people being persecuted at times. Because if you worked for justice in a land in a time when the power was concentrated with a handful, you would often end up being crushed. If you were someone who exhibited mercy in a time of violence, people would consider you weak. If you lived a life of humility in an age of pride and arrogance, you would be considered odd. People who lived the lifestyle Micah advocated 
would be on the fringe at times and often made fun of. Now, go ahead 700 years to the time of Jesus. Jesus now is talking about what it's like and what a godly life would be. And he shares almost exactly the same kind of values that Micah did. We had them listed in the Beatitudes that I read a moment ago for you. Here are some of them. A godly life, poor in spirit, merciful, peacemaker, meek, hungry for righteousness, pure of heart. Now, imagine those values in contrast with the values of first century Roman Empire. You've all heard of the Roman Empire. It was the biggest empire the world had ever known. It had built itself up with values almost the opposite of what Jesus is teaching, what Micah was teaching. Values of dominance, power, squishing down on people. And here, Jesus is doing the opposite, almost like countercultural, the opposite of what the Roman Empire and society was doing. For example, the empire hoarded wealth and concentrated the wealth way to the top. Christians gave their money away to the poor. That was a real challenge to the way things were. The Roman Empire avoided people who were sick or infirm or mentally ill. Christians, they would go and bandage them up. They would go to people who were sick, risking their own infection. It was exactly the opposite of the way the world was. The Roman Empire built itself up on war and military power. The Christians were peacemakers. No, let's build an empire where people don't have to fight, but people can cooperate. The Roman Empire appealed to humanity's lowest nature, hence the Colosseum. You guys know what happened in the Colosseum. Appealing to people's lowest nature. Where Christians appealed to humanity's highest ideals. So what if you start living these Christian values in a world with different priorities? You're usually in the minority, and you can get pretty discouraged when the rest of the world is going a certain way. And so Jesus says today in the Beatitudes, blessed are you. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the pure in heart. And it's very important that you remember the children's sermon right now. Because when Jesus does this, he is flipping that prayer. Remember what I taught the kids? You tell me. Baruch Atah Adonai. Again, Baruch Atah Adonai. Which means bless the Lord. The word bless means honor. Respect, praise. And Jesus takes those words and he applies them to people who are living the values of kindness and compassion, justice and mercy, and says to them basically, I honor you, I respect you, I praise you, I encourage you to continue to walk that path because it will redeem not only you but the world around you. Walking this path will give you the peace serenity, the well-being that you seek. Now, move ahead another few hundred years, back 2,000 years, and where do we find ourselves? 21st century. Here we are with 
a society with values not that much different from Micah's world or the Roman world. And we have the Christian message almost the same, inviting people to live a life with values that can be counter to the world around us. It happens not just for adults, but it happens for our young people too. In fact, this entire focus is stemming from a conversation I had with a mom who has a teenage girl. And she was telling me how tough high school is, junior high is, for her daughter. And how it's a collision of values. What she's learning at church about inclusion, about welcoming the stranger, about noticing people who may be wounded in some way, and incorporating them into the group is so different from the world of exclusion that seems to be an important part of that teenage world. And it made me start thinking about what I have observed over the 30 years of my ministry, where there seems to be an increase in anxiety and depression with our young people and our young adults. It is epidemic. I mean, people come talk to us one-on-one. -on -one. You know, my teenager is really struggling. It's really a difficult time. But it's one and one and one and one and one and one. It is not uncommon at all for our young people to feel overwhelmed with the stresses of this world. And I think, why is this happening? What are the priorities in our world causing this to happen? And then I think of you know, the gadgets that they carry, the social media that they follow, and how every time you look at Facebook, you compare yourself to someone else, usually negatively, because everybody presents their perfect self on Facebook, and maybe your life isn't as perfect. Or I think about our young people competing nowadays in our large schools to be part of a team or competing to be in the band or competing to be in a drama or competing for grades to get into college and the pressure starts in ninth grade. You've got to get those grades so you can get into a big school. And we have our kids playing on teams from three years of age up. I... And I think, what are the values and the priorities that were given to our young people? <clears throat> and then this mom says, my daughter is trying to live to include people, not leave people out. Have you ever gone through cafeteria in a high school at lunchtime? you will see cliques everywhere. And you only get to associate with certain people. It is not the message of inclusivity that we try and proclaim here. It is the message of exclusivity. And the two sets of values collide, and it feels at times like you're being persecuted. And hence, Jesus says, no. Blessed are you, persecuted even for righteousness' sake to live the values of compassion and kindness, justice, mercy, humility. Such are the values that will nurture your soul and will redeem the world around you. Teenagers, are you listening to this? And it's you adults too. If I were to ask you, what are the four 
words or five words that you would use to describe the values of American culture in early 21st century, what words would you use to describe who we are as a society? And as you don't have to say them, but I want you to consider, you know, as you think about those words, our political life, our entertainment world, our marketing efforts, what does that say about us? Who are we? Who are we? And Micah would call us to the same kind of values that Jesus called us to. And we go, wow, that's not the world in which we live. And so now that I have you all sufficiently depressed, <laughs> I must say to you that God is still powerfully at work. There is a tiny thread of goodness and grace that weaves its way even through a dysfunctional system, even through a dysfunctional world, even through a world with priorities that are just the exact opposite of what Christ would teach. That thread is moving through this congregation now and in you now. And that's how God has always done it. God has always worked through ordinary, common people in little ways to affect the big picture. You are part of that thread. And Jesus says to you, Baruch, I honor you and I invite you to continue to live with such values even when the world around you persecutes. For in the living is the redemption. Amen. Most holy God, you inspire us this day. You give us your spirit. You enliven us. For it is through us that you seek to touch the world. Help us be your voice. Help us be your hands. Help us live with inclusivity and grace and compassion. Especially be with our teenagers, O oh Lord. Grant them your deepest grace. In your holy and most blessed name, we pray. Amen.